0: Is your accountancy practice understaffed? Are you struggling to find new members of your team? Then you need to listen to this show because I have Lawrence Whittam on and he is an aggregator or a broker if you like to help accountants, bookkeepers and CPAs to find an outsourcing solution that works. In the conversation we talked about outsourcing, offshoring, insuring, nearshoring, loads of different things but also what you can be doing to make sure that it all works for you, how to find the best uh, people to do that, where to look. But Lawrence can hold your hand, and he's got some amazing ideas. So it was a really great conversation. I learned an awful lot, and you'll definitely find some nuggets in this uh, show today. Um, Without any further ado, here's Lawrence. We are live, and we've got Lawrence in the house. Um, All the way from, tell us us where you are, Lawrence. I'm in New Jersey, in the U.S., New Jersey. Uh, sh- sh- hang on, don't we have to pronounce it New Joisie? Isn't that isn't that New-Joy-Z. what they say? <laughs> yeah,
1: that is that is how they pronounce it. Yeah,
0: I've just I've just started watching a TV um mini series thing um and they're in New Jersey and that o- it overlooks the Manhattan high uh, skyline, doesn't it? Depending on where uh, you are in New Jersey.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's uh, there's quite a few places where as long as you're high enough up, you've got yeah. like, perfect views of the city and everything like that. So it's uh no, it's a cool area where we used to live. Um, <laughs> When I first moved over, it was the same thing.
0: Yeah, perfect. And I can sense a little bit of a northern accent. So, are you from the UK?
1: Yeah. So from from the UK, from Huddersfield area, and yep. uh, and I moved over here probably about fourteen years ago now. Wow. um So with the whole whole immediate family, and uh, and yeah, settled in New Jersey quite quickly. So we're I'm, I'm a citizen over here now, so here to stay Fantastic. with a couple of kids and wife. So.
0: Oh my goodness oh my goodness you've got american children how cool is that that's brilliant yeah so Lawrence, tell us a little bit about yourself what you do
1: yeah so i recently actually went on a new venture so i started impact global solutions and i help cpa firms and accountants mainly in the us um but find and match make to outsourcing firms all around the world um so I'm not an outsourcing firm myself. We don't have our own back office people. But what I do is I use all the vendors and do all the due diligence to find the best options for the accounting firms and help them actually understand best practices and and how to get started because a lot of them struggle to even take that first step.
0: Yeah, they they certainly do. I, you're you're a godsend. You're an absolute godsend because um when i talk to accountants about outsourcing then oh i'm not doing that oh i can't have it going out you know I, 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 at the office and, and goodness knows what else so um to have somebody like you so here i am i'm an accountant and i'm thinking of outsourcing and i pick up the phone or i look in yellow pages or maybe linkedin and find a couple of outsourcers. but which one do i choose so now i just come to you and you'll find me the right one correct
1: exactly and it's uh And typically now they probably get an email most days from a different outsourcing provider offshore, right? It could be typically in the, in India, but uh, also in the Philippines, the common area, you've got South Africa, you've got South America. So you've got all these smaller outsourcing firms as well as large ones, emailing them daily. So it it just gets confusing, right? I mean, if you go to an event, I, especially in the U S here, like we see, it went from five, six years ago, there was maybe three, outsourcing firms in that event uh exhibiting to at least sort of 10 to 12 in the same type of event so it, it just gets a bit confusing as to who who's the right one who's the best fit for the firm
0: yeah no absolutely uh good afternoon Pavel uh it's really cool this messaging here good afternoon to me and good after uh, good morning to you so uh, nice to see Thank you, Pavel. you. Uh, if you've got any questions for outsourcing then please drop them in so but the, the biggest the biggest question all right Lawrence is there's Outsourcing and there's offshoring. Is there a difference, and if so, what is the difference?
1: So, I think they come a little bit hand in hand, right? So, I would still call outsourcing offshoring and, and vice versa a little bit. However, there are onshore options for firms. There's also what we call near shore options, like in the US, that's Mexico.
0: Well, well, right? You're really confusing me now. So, come on. So, we've got offshoring, outsourcing. Onshoring and near shoring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So
1: lots of, there's lots of different ones. And there's also lots of different models. And that's the thing where it gets confusing. If you don't know, yeah. you just yeah, go by one, one of the firms you're working with. Yeah, this is the way you do it. You sort of do it that way. But there's a lot of different models to it as well. Um, but particularly, it's like offshoring is you're going somewhere. Typically, the major places are India, you've got the Philippines, South, South Africa, South America uh, in different areas in there, Mexico as well, being one, um, you're going to find different skill sets in each as well. Right. So you're not going to find much tax in South Africa, for example, just because they just don't really have much experience in the tax world, but you'll find a lot more tax in India. Right. Um, but you're going to find better communication in the Philippines than necessarily India because of accents and things like that. Right. So it's a bit of a preference game. Um, And then, But then the outsourcing side, it's more taking projects you've got and you are essentially giving that to another vendor and having them do the majority of that project in comparison to offshoring is more when you're hiring staff, I would say. You can hire by the time as well, but we typically use that more when you're hiring individuals that are going to be working for your business just offshore.
0: Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, during COVID, we had lockdown. And in my uh, fictitious practice, I've got Sally, George and John and I sent them all home and they all worked from home. And now uh, we've got a bit of hybrid working because John likes to walk his dogs on a Wednesday and stuff like that. That's basically offshoring, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. Uh, So if I'm I'm happy with that concept, then why wouldn't I be, you know, it, it, it could be John in the Philippines or India, couldn't it? Exactly.
1: And it's, the industry has changed so drastically during that period, right? And it's got, I would, I would say right now, you've probably got about 90% of the top 100 firms outsourcing. Wow. Pre-COVID, you did not have that, right? I know a lot of firms in the top 100, there was at least 20 or so that had never touched any type of offshoring, and they were not doing it pre-COVID. But now because they, because they realized, they said, well, all our accountants are at home now working. Why would we not even explore this? Cause we can put the same type of infrastructure in place for them to ensure it's secure. Um, so it, it's never been new. It's not that new. It's been going on forever, but it's just that every, I would say there's only now a small handful of people not trying it in some way.
0: Yeah no and, and and this is this is funny that you say that it's not new i was chatting to my father a while ago and um just finding out about what jobs he had when he was younger and um so before i was even born so this is uh, early 60s he got himself a job and that was a remote job so that was a working from home job and you know and, and you'd have thought that back then everybody had to go to work and and so so it isn't new it isn't new yeah. it's just it's just the press get hold of something and, and turn it all around so what would you say the biggest obstacles to an accounting practice um, or a bookkeeping practice what's their biggest obstacle for not um offshoring outsourcing
1: so uh, you're gonna have well there's two pieces to that right the, the biggest obstacle overall is is somewhat of just the mindset in the u.s they don't want to use offshore they're, they're very gun ho on American made in a sense like that. Um, You can't, I can't change their mind in that sense. Um, I would, I would push them to still outsource. There are onshore options for that as well. There are firms in the U S that are outsourcing technically and being an option to use the gig economy, right. is a big one. Um, However, I would say when they, when they're actually not of that opinion, uh, I would say it's just more, they've tried it and they've had a bad experience. So now they're just turned off yeah. Right, They're like, no, it's not going to work for me because I tried tried it five years ago, tried it 10 years ago, and it just wasn't a success, right? But a lot of the times it was they haven't actually put the same amount of effort into outsourcing as they would another project in-house or even an employee where you give them typically three to six months to even get their legs. You're probably not going to get super efficient until you post one year just even saying, yeah, this person was a good pick or not, right? Um, Which is typically like that. So um but that's, that's generally the biggest thing. It's not that they haven't tried it, but it's that they just
0: have tried it and it's gone really badly. Yeah, no, super duper. Uh, we've got Shaquille coming to say hello. Hi, Shaquille. Uh, good to see you. Um, if, if anybody here uses outsourcing, then drop a, a note in the comments as to uh, your experience. Please don't name names unless they're absolutely awesome. Um, and then that's that's absolutely fine. But we don't want to... Um, because what happens is, is, like you say, we tried somebody and... Do you not think it's like I've made a wrong hire so I've hired somebody and they just you know to, to come and work in my practice and it doesn't exactly. work and 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 it didn't work because we didn't explain the job to them properly or they didn't have the right qualifications or we didn't realize they lived too far away so they were always late there's there's loads of reasons why um people, don't it, it's the wrong hire I, I had one one of my managers turned around and said I need you to work in a different branch because the new guy we've hired hasn't got a car and, and and I turned around and said well didn't you ask him in the interview well I did ask him if he drive if he drove yeah but you didn't ask him if he had a car no I didn't <laughs> and just because you drive doesn't mean you own a car and um yeah. so so th- this is the thing so we make a wrong hire um and so I guess if we go about it the right way, then we're going to have an amazing experience when we offshore, outshore, um, onshore, inshore. I've, you've, you've, you've lost yeah. me now. But, <laughs> but what, what would be your advice to getting the, um, you know, to get to get people to look at it again? Because because if I've never if, if I've never used it. All right. And I'm struggling to get staff at the moment. I don't know what it's like in the US, but at the moment you cannot find a, an accountant or a bookkeeper for love nor the money. Um, I'm, I'm open to it because it it's, it's you know, I, I may have not been open to it, but with the hybrid working and stuff like that, I think it might work. So what are your top tips for me to make it work absolutely perfectly?
1: So the first is you've got to address, like you said, it's, it's, it is about the people to some extent, it's not, there are a lot of firms that are not as efficient as they should be, right? And they haven't documented processes. It's not super simple. If it was super simple, they wouldn't even need accountants to do it, right? In that sense, they would be able to just hire an admin person to start some of the process and go through it that way. So, um, but I would say you've got to think about it in two ways. One, do you like the management team that's on the outsourcing firm side. Right. So that's, that's number one, because they may, again, they may find you somebody that isn't the right fit, but are they willing to, are they a good partner? Are they willing to work on it and find you the right fit person, right? Are they advising you the right way as to investment of time, investment of money and everything, not just to try and get the sale and try and like keep pushing you to add more and more people. Are they putting the right structure in place there? Um, And then also that, that person side of it, right? Making sure you are set up to take on somebody new, right? So they need to have projects in the pipeline. You need to make sure during that first three months period that you are educating them just like you would an internal staff member. So you've got to have trainings ready to go. And I would say be as ready with processes as you can be, right? They're very good. Outsourcing folks are very good at documenting processes typically because they want a system in place to follow. They're not somebody that's going to wing it And they're not the people that you really want the first time, at least until you train them a little bit, interacting with the clients. They really want to follow a system of doing the work rather than reading between the lines. You don't want to leave that to a second chance.
0: Mm. We're talking about technical stuff as well. So we don't we don't want a second chance. Uh, Nikolai is saying that uh, he's growing his practice by using um, outsourcing or offshoring or insuring or whatever else it is. So there's offshoring. So so outsourcing, um, correct me if I'm wrong. So outsourcing, I'll turn around to my outsourcing company and say, I need you to do this many sets of accounts um, over a period of a month. And so basically, there's a load of people there and they're sort of like, oh, I'll pick that one up. I'll pick that one up. The job's all done. It's all packaged. And and at the end of the day, I'm the senior partner. I check all the accounts. They're all perfect. And I send them out. So that's my understanding of outsourcing. Offshoring is, I actually hire a member of a, a member of my team, but they are based in a, a a unit, so to speak, in one of these locations that you talk about. Is that have I got that right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would go along with that. Right, it's uh, it, it's definitely more outsourcing in general It's just the practice of it, but it's more if you're talking about project to project in a lot of cases. Offshoring is when you're utilizing offshore talent, right? In in a lot of cases, they will still sell. Offshoring as per project sometimes, per return, um, per hour, right? In, in different periods of things. But a lot more firms you'll see now, outsourcing firms, are trying to get away from that because it's less consistent and trying to ensure that you're using dedicated people because you can train them, right? Yeah. It's very difficult to get a system together if you literally just working with somebody during the busy season and then you come back to then the following busy season there's probably going to be a turnover of staff there's going to be not the same manager working on your project right there's no consistency to scale so
0: yeah okay so i'm now going down the offshoring route so i am now employed sally in the philippines yeah yep so so basically. I train, I train her or you train her. How does all of that work then? Or it's just not you, the outsourcing company.
1: Yeah, and it's different from firm to firm, right? That's the big thing as well. Like Some outsourcing firms treat it more like a recruitment agency where they will house the employee, right? But they And they handle the payroll and things like that for you. However, they recruit them. They don't do any training whatsoever, right? There are other outsourcing firms that are much more hands-on that do more of the managed approach where they will, they're part of a team, they're doing trainings throughout the year, right? It really just depends on the structure of that firm, which again is somewhat confusing for a lot of CPA firms and accounting firms. If they don't know, right, they don't ask the question as well up front. It's only because I've been doing it for 10 years and I've been on the other side of the page where I've seen a lot of different types of outsourcing firms that I know what questions should be asked as well. And then also, okay, is this actually a match, right? For what I need that outsourcing firm to
0: do. Oh, perfect. So, there's a, a question, <laughs> why should I go to you rather than just pick up the phone and speak to you know one of the one of the other providers?
1: So, I personally don't know anybody else that's doing what I'm doing right now. i nope, neither do specializing I. Specializing in it and just focusing on it. Um, I mean, I've got ten years of experience working on the outsourcing field anyway working with over 500 CPA and accounting firms over those 10 years. And so I know the problems that come up. Um, So it's more, you can go directly to one of these outsourcing firms, but typically I'm able to push you in a better direction. And the matchmaking piece doesn't cost a firm anything, right? So the big thing is my initial part of the service doesn't cost a thing. I want to make sure these firms are going to the right outsourcing providers because then they have a solution to the major problem, staffing. I then, my charge comes in really when they want me to help consult and understand best practices and come in to fix a problem and things like that. That's when I actually um, start charging a firm. So it's free, the initial stage is free. Uh, so why would you not come to me who knows all the firms compared to going to one that you're going to really just get sold on?
0: Yeah, so you're like you're like Tinder for... Um... Uh, for, for, uh, Tinder for, for, for outsourcing. Uh, Tinder,
1: was for... like the broker approach in some sense. Right? Broker so that makes that, ma-
0: that makes more sense. I was going to say Silla Black, but you're far too young. You probably wouldn't even know who Silla Black is. No, I don't. No, nope. thank you very much. I'll indeed. look it up afterwards. Yeah, please do. So there's some older people watching there are just laughing at me. Um, so, what challenges are you seeing accountants and bookkeepers? cpas having right now at the moment Lawrence?
1: i mean the biggest problem is staffing right it's uh it's being talked about everywhere it's there are not enough accountants coming into the industry compared to the ones leaving right the baby boomers leaving we're trying to figure out succession plans for a lot of them um and it's not even a a lower end piece of talent that we're looking for we're typically looking for quite technical talent um Mm. so more in that mid to senior level experience so Firms need to find ways of actually creating a better process for a lot of the work that's going on. There's going to be some automation that comes in as well, which I highly recommend firms tagging into this and it's going to help. Um, but the biggest, the biggest problem is making sure there's enough staff in firms that they can go to and, and again, continue to grow. Cause otherwise they're just going to struggle. And what's happening now you see is every firm's getting acquired because they think that being acquired by a bigger firm will solve the staffing shortage. It's not it's not actually solving it
0: mm, mm, no cool uh has got a question for you I, I know half of the answer uh nicolai um we do start at twelve thirty. <laughs> lawrence is from new jersey um so where are you based in the u.s and do most of your clients come from the u.s
1: yeah so based in new jersey um most of my clients come from the u.s side of things again i can help the firm anywhere there's generally i know if they focus on the UK as well, which countries focus on the UK and have experienced staff in those areas. So I'm happy to help um, and have the conversation. So it doesn't really matter whereabouts I could tell people in Europe, right? I mean, my job is understanding the outsourcing market, where talent is available to which countries and what they can really do.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Great question. Thanks, Nicolai. Um, So what are the biggest mistakes that accountants cpas and bookkeepers make when um hiring an outsourcing firm and when i say outsourcing i mean all of the above so the biggest
1: mistake is treating it like a hands-off approach and passing projects along without giving feedback for those projects right so that they're going to say hey here's project a b and c please do it it comes back to them, they take it and they go and fix the problems without necessarily going back to the outsourcing firm and saying, okay, here's here's the feedback I'm giving based on these so that we can work on that. And then they end up just getting stressed out because they're only getting a certain level of work back, but they've never given any feedback, right? So just like an employee in, in-house, in you have to sit with them, you have to go over these things and and teach them, right? Because otherwise, they're never going to learn. If you just fix all the mistakes for them and don't put a process in place to stop that and a control there it's never going to get any better um so being way too hands-off is generally the biggest problem i see
0: yeah and so any tips to overcome that
1: yeah so weekly meetings honestly i mean if you have a dedicated person you need to make sure you have a weekly meeting not like it could be a daily meeting with the individual but also a weekly meeting with the management team and the outsourcing firm right making sure that they understand and you you're telling them what feedback you've given so that they can even work on it as well in the background but also now as well if something's really wrong down the line they're not going to argue with you they're not going to complain that you're saying hey this person's not working out right you've given feedback you've addressed it and there's a report there saying hey I've given feedback every week, and it's not changing right so I either change it or I'm going to have to have somebody new right because otherwise then you get sort of stuck with people as well because it's typically yearly engagements that you're working with or or longer um, because we're dealing with people's uh, careers at the end of the day
0: yeah that makes that makes an awful lot of sense um so i've, I've i'm I'm running my own outsourcing company now. And and I think that you'd you'd be able to help me get more clients using my um, outsourcing company. Do you have um, a, a, a method of taking on new account, uh, new outsourcing companies?
1: So I get a pro. Uh, I mean, if if CPAs are getting an email a day from an outsourcing firm, I get uh, about 10. ten approaches every single day. So um, I mean. As of now, it's sort of like time, I have to go through a due diligence process. So I have a set of questions that I get, I get an understanding of what their offices look like, what their structure is like, what their leadership's like, Um, so security and everything. So it's more time to get that sort of set up to some extent. And then I'm sort of trying to figure out, okay, well, who are the best options? Like, cause as well, the big thing is there are a lot of new outsourcing firms popping up everywhere. And yeah, they may have worked for PwC. They may have worked for Deloitte and started their own back office, but I'm not as interested in those firms right now. I'm interested in the firms that have 15, 20, hundred accounting firms that they've already worked for that they have experience for if they're just trying to get into it because they see a staffing crisis that's not what I'm interested in Um, I'd prefer to work with the firms that have worked in this industry for a while um, because then I go and check references and everything so it's um, it's more I will either hear about them from firms typically and then I put more effort into going to figure out who they are or I know them just from being around and doing the conferences and everything like that. And now I'm going through my own due diligence before I even start referring them anybody.
0: Uh, makes makes a lot of sense. So um, what sort of questions are people asking the uh, CPAs and accountants and bookkeepers asking you then Lawrence?
1: Um, well, I mean the big, who should I go to? So they sort of want to be told who to go to uh, oh, right, a lot okay. of times, which, um, which isn't the thing. I don't want to tell somebody to go somewhere. It's really about finding that relationship fit. Like you said, the Tinder approach, right? It is that, right? You have to do your own due diligence as well. Um, but I'm making sure that once they're talking to them at least are good, secure, experienced teams and it fits the model that they want to do, right? Some, some larger firms, for example, They've gone into the approach where they're going to an outsourcing firm that's managing stuff for them. They have a lot of structure themselves. They don't need other people to manage their team for them. They don't need other people to train their teams for them. They also need to look into, okay, down the line, when I've built up a team, am I going to risk losing that team now uh, with an outsourcing firm if I want to build my own? Or is there an option to actually own those employees in the back office down the line. So I'm helping create structures like that as well. So, so firms can actually own their back office down the line.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one because you've, you've got to make sure that you've got all the, the things in place. And I guess that's one of the things that you do with your consultancy is, you know, cause, cause not every firm is going to be able to um, outsource. Sure. Um, and so so initially you might turn around to them and go, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. So what are the, the key things that you um, repeat yourself when you're talking to um, CPAs when they're looking to, to pick it up for the first time?
1: Um, so I think one of the biggest one is just to get started. So I think a lot of them procrastinate and they <laughs> overthink it. Right. And it's, and it becomes, again, it's a partnership at the end of the day. So they, they try and get everyone involved in the decision. And it's, it's typically not, there are going to be some partners and some managers that work do it better than others. Right. One partner may be a better fit for one outsourcing firm and another partner may prefer it elsewhere. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you sort of have to treat it individually into their own little practices. Right. Um, in some sense. And they just choose. And because of that process, they then, they wait too long. And then what happens is they end up losing, they go through interviews, they do all this stuff with finding the right people, but then they end up losing the actual person that they've tried to like interviewed already because they took too long. Right. Just like in the, in the real world, if you're hiring somebody and you don't give them a decision, (laughs) they'll go somewhere else. Right. Um, so, but starting the process and not jumping in at the deep end and getting 10 people, but starting with part-time or a full-time person, getting to know them getting to understand how it works and going taking steps from there is the biggest thing right just try it out i mean the cost is minimal it's it's about 50 percent if it's offshore in comparison to what they would be hiring um and you've got an outsourcing team and management structures to help you
0: do it as well and we've got you as well i suppose
1: now we've got me, right? Yeah. So, and again, I can look at it from the neutral perspective, more from the firm's approach. And that's the big thing. I'm, I'm handling it from a firm's best interest. So I can sit there on meetings. I can make sure the outsourcing firm is doing certain things. Uh, for some of our larger firms, uh, we've got a private equity, for example, that we work with right now, that I'm more of like an outsourced, um, you can call it an outsourced, um, or fractional outsourcing officer is what we called it, right? So it's where I'm going in and managing the whole relationship. Right, so it really just depends on firm to firm what they need
0: ah oh, perfect, perfect. um that fifteen minutes has flown by <laughs> yeah, so it's time for your breakfast now i've 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 the, the, how how can people get hold of you Lawrence
1: yes, so you can uh give me a call or a text uh nine zero eight two zero two five eight five zero um or you can look me up on linkedin uh, i'm sure you'll leave the link on here as well or absolutely
0: and for those of you uh, listening to the podcast it's going to be in the show notes so you'll be able to get hold of lawrence that way that's perfect um what question haven't i asked you today
1: um no sir. i mean this is good i mean again looking to uh, it's a new venture for me uh, i think it's really needed in the industry uh so again even if there are people watching and they want to just have a chat about it and they may know people it may not be yourself that's uh looking for this type of service but you may know somebody that's having a terrible experience outsourcing and just doesn't know what to do i am happy to help right always happy to have those first conversations and and again it costs nothing for them to have that chat
0: no absolutely fantastic so i've got one more question for you um i'm just going to quickly go to my guest next week um but well, before I do that, I'm just going to let everybody know that we've got a workshop in Exeter uh, on the 26th of September. So if you want to supercharge your small business with social media, come and see Becky and myself will be there all day. It's going to be fun. Uh, but next week I have got and you've seen him commenting today, uh, the lovely Nikolai Naylor, the hamster guy. Um, he's uh, written a book. He's, in a, he's a CPA or an accountant and he's written a book on how to um well just get the practice that you want and he's going to tell us all about his hamster as well so looking forward to having a chat with Nicolai next week um you've been a lovely guest Lawrence thank you so much you've really I've, I've, I've learned so much today and I hope everybody else has got a lot from it as well my um my, my, my last question to you today is when you were at school um up north um as a little little kiddie uh, at primary school what did you want to be when you left school
1: So I wanted to educate CPAs on the best ways to outsource.
0: (laughs) So that uh, that hadn't been invented back then, had it? That's the funny thing. That is the funny thing.
1: So back in school, uh, I think back in school, to be honest, I was a very optimistic child and I was wanted to be a soccer player for the longest time, even though we were getting, even in high school and things like that, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still want to be a soccer player if I want to be anything. But um again, only got to I got to a semi pro stage, uh, but got terrible knees. So so over here in the US I managed to get to a semi pro, but it was uh no, just uh coached for a number of years as well. So stayed involved in soccer oh, all nice. over there. Nice. Um but it was now I see now I'm even getting the the american words in so i
0: was just gonna say soccer you must be in football so tell me when you were at when you were at um high school and that did did, did, did they all take the, the the mickey out of you because you uh, you were english and you you didn't know how to play american football
1: so uh so nobody took the mickey out of me uh because again it was luckily it's one of those things the, the accent has never hurt me so and it's um but no it was again i could play i could play uh the english football so uh they all knew and like that and also i'd had a few more years of drinking under my belt than they did they have to they have to wait until they're 21
0: so they do don't they uh, brilliant so
1: so over here i was uh i would say it was a better experience it was it was fun i enjoyed it and like the u.s is huge so it's you go different places and it's like completely different countries you go into
0: yeah it Uh, Lawrence, lovely to have a chat with you today. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, thanks uh, for all your lovely comments. And uh, yeah, we are expanding around the world, Pavel, aren't we? So thanks so, so much indeed. Cheerio, everybody. And uh, see you next week with Nikolai. Cheerio now. Bye-bye. Here we go. Another podcast in the bag i've been ashley Leeds. you've been wonderful thank you so much for listening if you want to hear more then please subscribe and i will see you again another day you can find me on linkedin if you want to catch up if you fancy being a guest on one of my shows i do live shows on linkedin twice a week but i also plan to do some real podcasts uh, where we just do audio and probably record it to go on the youtube channel and we can talk about absolutely anything in those. So whatever you want to do, get in touch and thank you for listening. lose, You 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 get out